0: uh lovely and are we thinking this might be the last one um i think we'll say something like we're coming to the end yeah of our we're not yeah. sure whether we'll be able to do another one. yeah <laughs> cool maybe at the end we'll record a thing that says it's over okay are we all ready to start
1: Listening to Classic Schmasic with Chris and Owen.
0: Hello, dear listener. Here we are once again for another episode of Classic Schmasik, the show that looks at classic movies through our modern sensibility lens. We're currently on our summer, summer of 70's. season, and for that reason. Chris and I have brought in a very special guest, Brendan Way. Sorry, I'm was. quite I excited. I wanted to jump in. I wanted to call him improviser, podcaster and comedian, Brendan Way. Is hello. That, hello. How you doing?
2: It, yeah, great. Uh, looking forward to this. Have no clue what the movie's about.
0: Yes, yeah. Brendan has chosen a very exciting example of 70s cinema, which is American Graffiti by a little director that you may have heard of george lucas have you heard of him owen he yeah. did star wars and indiana okay. jones yeah. yeah yeah he's he's well thought of isn't he he's all right yeah little indie guy yeah independent cool. director
2: I, I think it was an indie film
0: all the star wars films were also independent films <laughs> <laughs> kind of yeah the first one certainly yeah you know with so weird monetary backing. Oh, it's the prequels that are the. because oh, he just completely funded those <laughs> out of some j- loose change yeah. in his back pocket. <laughs> just um, from the sales of the Wicket action figure. Oh, I love Wicket. He's my favourite Ewok. How, do you
2: have a favourite Ew- Ewok? I, I don't know them all by name.
0: Okay. I only know Wicket, really. Um, uh, that witch doctor one that wants to eat them at one point. No one ever talks about the fact that the Ewoks are carnivores. Well, that's not that shocking, is it? They are kind of like bears. Okay, yeah, that's true. Should they be vegetarians or? No, yeah, you're right. Bears wouldn't be vegetarians. I'm just saying that they were going to eat them at one point. Yeah, People... kind. Of, I mean, I think they're not strictly cannibals, are they? Because they're not the same. No, they would be the same species. Would you eat bear? No, I wouldn't eat bear. No. Space bear? Maybe. If I was offered it.
2: Yeah, if it's the only thing available.
0: Yeah, you'd definitely... I mean, you
2: can't eat C-3PO and R2. No.
0: And you wouldn't want to appear rude, you know, if someone offered you some space bear. Yeah.
2: Would you eat wookie? You'd have to be very hungry.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be stringy tough. They shaved it first, I'd give it a go. Really?
2: Mm. How much meat is under the fur, though?
0: I mean, it's pretty long.
2: Yeah. he might be nothing underneath.
0: Have you ever seen a shaved bear? No. Have you? Yes. What? It's something out of a nightmare. Okay, I'm not going to ever Google that. I'm going to put it on on the Facebook page. Let's make a pact. (laughs) Let's make a pact never to Google shaved bear. It is horrific.
2: Why did you see a shaved bear? Mm, Um, That's the pertinent question. I think I was
0: just Googling shaved animals just, just to see... I um, got a lot of weird hits come back that I had to delete my browser history. This has <laughs> this has gone off the rails quicker than normal. Yeah, we were straight in there. I feel like I should say that I have literally just met Brendan. I think I said four words to him before we started this. I'm being efficient. Yeah, yeah. All four words were shaved bear. <laughs> I think we need to celebrate the fact that we have another improviser on the show it's been a while it used to be one of our sort of modus operandi yeah and we haven't had one on for a while but look (laughs) here's one here he is hello brendan tell us a bit about what you do sure i'm the writer
2: creator of the podcast dead drunk detective which is a series about a uh, zombie drunk detective who investigates crimes in a world filled with monsters Uh, Series 1 is out now on all uh, podcast platforms, and Series 2 is coming
0: this autumn. See, that's how you do it. I know, it's good. It's not like us. When we do stuff like that, or should I say I... I'm like, yeah, we. it's a podcast, it's called Classic traumatic. just search for that on the internet, you'll find it. No, Brendan yeah. had it all locked yeah. and loaded. I have to say as well, a lot of, like, everyone's got a podcast, haven't they? And like, when they say it, I'm like, "Oh, I'm yeah, brilliant, that sounds brilliant, mm. I'm definitely going to listen to that. Proper scripted yeah. thing, big just cast, the title. recording, done in front of a live audience. Is, is it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Oh, okay, you, well, you had me at Dead Drunk Detective, but now... <laughs> the title
2: is very explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> it is the elevator pitch. And Arfie, uh, is that Arfie? Yeah, absolutely. Improviser and mutual friend Arfie is, is, is the lead. The,
0: is the lead role in that?
2: Yeah, I've pretty much staffed it entirely of improvisers because I'm an improviser and I was taught by a man called Chris Mead.
0: Hi, that's me.
2: Yes, it's, it's not just a coincidence, It's coincidence. It's that guy. It was me. Yeah.
0: It'd be really annoying if there were two improvisers called Chris Mead, wouldn't it? I mean, mm. it's such a small community anyway. You try to buy the website, it's already taken. I try to. I The only one I could, can get was chrisme.co, but I actually think that's quite cool. It's very cool. Yeah. That's a company one. Yeah. That's the only one I could get. Sell yourself. Go to my website, chrisme.co, where you will see that I haven't done the homepage yet. <laughs> I haven't done the about page. I haven't done the writer page. I haven't done the improviser page. I have done the podcast page, though.
2: Nice. Hmm. That's what matters. Yeah, I think it is. In
0: this context, definitely. So, American Graffiti? Yes. I would like to ask you, Brendan Wayne, mm-hmm. what you know about this film that you've picked for us to see.
2: Sure. Uh, directed by George Lucas. Got it. Yes. I, if it didn't win an Oscar, it certainly won, won something because it it what gave the studio the, the belief in him that he could do something else, uh, which was Star Wars. Uh, if it's not set in high school, which I assume it is, I assume... And this is wild theory. American graffiti is like a metaphor
0: for like war or like the culture that America spreads throughout the world. I am admiring that you're just going straight out there with something conceptual that you could be so wrong. You could have so much pod egg on your face.
2: Yeah. I imagine it's a high school film. (laughs) Beyond that, no guesses. Don't know who's in it. Don't know when it was about.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, I, I like your moxie. Owen, do you want to disabuse him of any of that? I can help you there. Good. Because I know that Richie Cunningham himself... Ron Howard? Yeah, he's in this film. Like a proto-Happy Days? Yeah. And it is a bit like that, because I'm pretty sure that Rock Around the Clock features in this film, which isn't necessarily part of Happy Days, but just evokes that kind of 50s feel. So you think it's set in the 50s? It's not, actually. i know it isn't it's set in the early 60s -hmm. and it's just one of those facts that is bandied about that people assume it's set in the 50s because because of, of richie cunningham yeah and his association with happy days um i'm pretty certain there'll be sort of cars in it are there gonna be pink slips and things like that maybe i think i think it's a good guess
2: that cars are in most films yeah
0: yeah well you know i'm just playing it safe you've got to get you got to get some definite ones in. Yeah. You know. I'm going to back up my colleague here. Mm. I think that it's actually around the culture of cars a bit. Mm. That people tooling around town in like lovely cars, I think is part of the fabric of this film. I'm going to say, right now, someone's going to play chicken. Uh, ki- kissing chicken or driving chicken? Driving chicken. How do you I play reckon. kissing chicken? You just go towards each other uh, until yeah. you, one of you... Do- Backs away, away. yeah. What happens if no one wants to? Is, is it played by people who want to kiss? Is that... Oh, probably. Okay. I think it works either way, doesn't it, really? Because driving chicken is not played by people who want to crash. No. Or maybe it is. Maybe they're fatalistic. Hmm. Hmm. Anything else, Owen? Uh, well, it also stars Richard Dreyfus. Whoa! Whoa! From Jaws? Yeah. He was so famous in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And then he just stopped being... Now, there's, I'm going to pass it over to you because, to be fair, there's another famous actor in this, but I only knew this because you mentioned it earlier. Harrison Ford is in it. <gasps> what? Yeah. George Lucas and Harrison Ford together again he's before four. Not, he's not a main happened. part, but mm. he is definitely in it. And it is one of his first roles. So with this, is this the film? Where he where, was the carpenter? Yeah, is it? I don't know. I, I think he was a carpenter. You know, people tell these stories and it's one and then the other. I'm sure it was more of a graduated transition between making money from woodwork and becoming a global superstar. Did he go from being a carpenter to movies or did he? Because I know that he was in TV and he wasn't doing very well. And then he went either back to being a carpenter or became a carpenter. And then he was working on some sort of production and he got pulled out for being awesome. I reckon it's this one. Okay. That's that's what I'm going to guess. This is the one where George Lucas plucked him from obscurity and thrust him into the uh, spotlight. And then he was awesome because he has so much charisma. And he's another one, I have to say, that seems to have lost his ability to be watchable on screen. Nowadays, I don't think Harrison Ford quite has it anymore. Well, it's probably because he's just picking up a paycheck at this point. He's made his best films. He's just bored. Although, I uh, saying that, I did like his turn as Han Solo. I thought that was excellent. But, that he, you know, J.J. Abrams gets good performances out of people.
2: And he did give um, Harrison what he really wanted, which is for the character, spoiler alert, to die.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, which that's he why he was
2: frozen along. in Carbonite. He wanted to get out of yeah. the food movie.
0: I think that it's partially that just Harrison Ford is just always blazing it up now, you know? <laughs> Is he still married to Calista Flockhart? I have no idea. I don't keep up on these things. That will never not be weird. No. Is it in Us Weekly? What's that? It's an American publication. Is it really Us Weekly and you did a little joke? Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) I worked it out using my (laughs) head and my heart. Great. So we've got that. We've got Cars. We've got Old America. We've got Richie Cunningham. We've got Han Solo. Anything else?
2: I mean that's a winning combination in itself. I'm I excited. Mean, that's great, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: very excited by that. I I think period detail. I think he's going to sort of go into that because as as a director, the one thing George Lucas is is detail focused. I feel like that's what made the first Star Wars so great. Is right down to like how the spaceships worked, where the cargo bays mm. were, what the panels did. He seemed to get into that. And and I think that's what, really what he gave to the Star Wars universe. It wasn't being able to direct people to do n- nuanced performances. Mm. That is not what he gave to the Star Wars universe. Just imagine if Steven Soderbergh had been brought in to do a bit of episode one. <laughs> that would have been good, wouldn't it? I love Steven Soderbergh, but he doesn't want to make films anymore.
2: Oh, that's a shame. Contagion was really good.
0: Yes, lots of uh, out-of-sight was incredible. First Oceans Eleven, I rate massively as a kind of frothy, brilliant heist flick. He did Haywire, didn't he? Yes, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I know that, that had great its too. critics, but I thought it was great. And again, if you look at uh, what was her name, Gina, the yeah the, Gina, the, the awesome the fighting lead. yeah lady. who is now massive. She was in Deadpool. She was, and she looked completely different. But her performance in in that movie, considering she's not a classically trained actor, was very impressive. I think also there was Sugar a movie burden. where he he cast like a porn star or a prostitute that's right. or yep. something. Sasha Grey in it? the Girlfriend Experience. Would you mind if we just clear up because I'm calling someone a prostitute? Was she... <laughs> she was a porn star. Okay, that's yeah. slightly different. Um, yeah, quite a famous porn yeah. star. And, yeah, so she stars as a prostitute. Who, yeah. Yeah. I think the girlfriend experience is mm. its more about pretending to be in a relationship. That's the service. Okay. Uh, But, yeah, so he uses a lot of amateur uh, actors, actors that have other skills um, and makes them shine. I think he's amazing. I don't know why we're talking about him so much, but <clears throat> he is brilliant. That's what we do here. Yeah. So, we ramble. So, bringing it back to American Graffiti... You can join in on this, my co-host, and you, dear listener. Keep an eye out for the old THX 1138 reference. I hope I've got those characters and numbers. So that was his student film that Mm. he's peppered into every single film he's made since then. Okay, we will look out for that. And you will look out for it now, because, as always, we are going to stop the podcast, and you're going to stop listening... While we uh, go and watch the film. So, whatever you're doing, whether you are deciding between a career as a carpenter or an international man of mystery. Or whether you're happily shaving a bear.
2: Or confusing women with porn stars.
0: Yeah, stop doing that. Stop doing that right now. Because it is not the same thing, okay? No. Patriarchy. Stop it. Oh
2: yeah, this (laughs) film will probably contain the patriarchy.
0: Yeah, it will. It's the 60s. And no, actually, it's never died, has it? Said the three men sitting in the room. <laughs> um, great, yeah, do stop all that and um, watch with us now the George Lucas classic. American Graffiti.
1: One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're going to rock around ten o'clock tonight. What did you like
0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Classic Schmasic. And before we go any further, the first thing we have to do is I want to hear everyone's Wolfman impressions, starting with Owen Go. Hey, Hipcats, I'm here playing you some sweet, sweet numbers from the 1950s. Take it away, Bill Helley and the comments. (laughs) I've got such a great voice for podcasting. Really good. Excellent. Brendan, let me hear yours. Uh,
2: Let's play some Klaikoo's. (laughs) Woo!
0: Woo! Uh, Her man was kind of the same way, yeah. Uh, You sound like Bleeding Gums Murphy. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It was nice. It was nice to have people, the radio broadcasters, represented Mm. as main character in this film. That's the first thing I want to say about it.
2: Yeah, everyone is listening to him.
0: Mm. Yeah, he (laughs) is a super celebrity in that town. That town. (laughs) In that
2: demographic. One of the plot points is someone puts out a message because they know their person will be listening. Yeah, will
0: be listening. And she is that yeah. mystery person. And there's all these rumours about him that he broadcasts from a plane that flies around in circles. Mm. That he's a br- shock horror, a black man. That's right. But he is neither of those things, neither a pilot nor a black man in the end. um. But we shouldn't... We should, we're skipping ahead because... That's, we've just jumped to the ending. Mm, because as is our tradition i would say Mm. we always offer the synopsification of the film to our guest which today is you brandon way
2: uh yeah uh it's a very basic plot it's uh stephen curtis terry and john a bunch of high schoolers spending one night before a few of them are going to university
0: wow that was amazing (laughs) yeah brilliant but all other guests take note that is how you do it Mm. that was that is the plot well, it's a
2: very simple plot, to be fair. It it's there's no time jumps. Well, if jumps between characters, but it's literally just one night in these guys' lives in the sixties.
0: It is. It may as well be the fifties, though, right? Yeah, I, I, it is. What is the indication that it is the sixties? Um, that they well, some of the music was. 60s. It might. It might be fifties. No, because the Beach Boys songs were early sixties. Right, so it's in that sort of transition mm. period where this fifties was waving goodbye and the new culture was coming in which is kind of represented by the character who drove around in the yellow hot rod john john yeah milner milner um he was very much a kind of 50s throwback james dean type character except instead of everyone thinking he was really cool he was kind of a doofus and everyone hated him i don't think that's true i think everyone thought he was the best no best racer Within the that group of people, but there were no girls who liked him more. Sure. People who respected him, really. Except for a 12-year-old. Mm. Yeah. Well, even she gave him a lot of shit.
2: Yeah, and we don't know if she's 12. We just know she's young.
1: Yeah.
0: Super young. Yeah. But he was my favourite character, by the way. <laughs> I just loved good. everything about him. The way he talked, the way he walked, the way he beat up bad guys. Yeah. He was cool. Yeah. But also not cool. Yeah. I mean, that's the way of things, though. People who are cool are simultaneously not cool Mm -hmm. and cool. And people who are really, really uncool sort of are cool by how much they're passionate about things. That's what I think. Well, definitely
2: in this film, everyone, even the nerd who looks a bit like McLovin with the slick back hair and the nerd glasses, he he actually gets a lot of successes and wins.
0: Yes, he does. Uh, And a girlfriend who is attractive. It is weird that Richie Cunningham is the Fonz in this. Like, everyone loves him and all the girls, as everyone. soon as they think, oh my god, he's on the market, they're all flocking in. Yes. That yeah, is but again, true. pretty much all these men, that all the women love them. That's true. It's a... <laughs> apart from the really cool James Dean one. <laughs> it's a sort of a dream <laughs> version of yeah. that time where oh, everything goes right. It's a uh, a rose, rose-tinted rose version. Mm.
2: Yeah. And they all have like one major disaster happen to them, a car gets stolen, um Richie Cunningham, uh whose character name is Stephen, mm. um, he his girlfriend may or may not break up with him. She he may lose her to Harrison Ford in a hat. Yes. Um, but yeah, they all in the hat, spoilers, they all have a happy ending, more or less.
0: There's no spoilers, everyone stopped and watched the film at the same time. Oh of we course, did. yes. Yeah. So everyone we we're all on the same page about that. Um oh. Where would... What would people like to start? Let's all pick something we liked. Let's do that. Who would like to go first with something they liked? I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> just a lovely energy, this film. Um, I just thought, as you say, it didn't need much of a plot or anything. The characters hmm. were all broad stereotypes, but they were all done really well. Uh, essentially, in the first 20 minutes of the film... It sets out its stall. It's like, these are going to be some kids cruising around in cool cars, getting into scrapes. Nothing bad is really going to happen at any point during it. And uh, you're just going to be along for the ride. You're going to be riding shotgun on this this night, as you say, this last night uh, before people have to grow up and go to college. Although, actually, probably you don't have to grow up that much to go to college. But it just, it is that. It's just a little jewel. I like it very much for that. It's sort of optimistic and fun.
2: Yeah, and it is mostly, a lot of the film is just a ride, and it's just under two hours, an hour and 53. But the time flies by, because you're jumping between these four stories. But yeah, a lot of the film is characters pulling up (coughs) at traffic lights, winding down their windows, talking to each other, exchanging a plot point, or exchanging a passenger, and then moving on. That's That's a lot of the film, and it doesn't feel boring.
0: No, it's really good for that, I think. I feel like I was slightly mocked for saying that there's going to be cars in this film, and I feel vindicated now. There were cars. I and mean, that. And there was was a Game of Chicken. It was 90% cars. <laughs> it was and it absolutely. was filmed from a car.
2: And the other 10% was the diner, Mel's Diner. Yeah.
0: Yeah, which was a great place. Did they have to build that set? Because it was awesome.
2: I hope it still exists. That'd be pretty awesome. I hope the servers still have rollerblades.
0: I hope they built the entire town just... just mills diner in the middle and then a network of roads that just go around in a circle for them to film continuously that would be cool
2: i hope it's a permanently standing set and every movie set in the 50s is set there
0: that would be good yeah happy days just annexed it afterwards yeah it does make me feel a bit sad that brendan is talking about rollerblades like they're some sort of medieval device no no i'm 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 (laughs) from the 90s i did also have rollerblades and they have come back but they had roller skates you see they didn't even have rollerblades oh yeah of course it was, yeah, it was. It's weird to get nostalgic for an era that you were not part of. No, and it, I mean, that definitely feels like it is written by a guy that was writing about his own childhood mm. or his own adolescence. And that's what I'm going to say I appreciated about it is that these are young people who are, on the whole, portrayed by very young actors. Yeah. They do have the mandatory. 40-year-old man playing a teenager here and there. I don't know how old Harrison Ford was in this. He seems older. And the head of the the sort of main pharaoh gang member was... he? I think it just was Kurt Russell.
2: <laughs> or David Hasselhoff. Yeah. yeah, one Very of similar here.
0: It was really interesting uh, that... It, because we were... A few weeks ago, we were talking about Animal House and we were saying how it's really hard when you do... When you cast young people to know mm. whether... Any of them are going to go on to success in the industry, but pretty good in this one. Mm. They cast people who did go on and do stuff. Even the guy who is the bottle glasses, slick back hair nerd guy. I've seen him in so much stuff. He had a whole career as a character actor. Uh, Yeah, and I think in the 80s, he was in a lot of things, actually. Mm. Yeah, George casts well, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, Aidan Christensen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That little kid, what was his name? Jake Lloyd, Jake, Jake Lloyd. Yeah, okay. No, he does yeah. not. You're right. You're he right.
2: used to. He used to. Like a lot of people in these films, they used to make really good stuff, but they don't anymore.
0: Okay. Yeah, I I don't know why I said that. Keep it in though. I will oh, wear yeah. that as an albatross. <laughs> the George does good casting albatross that will hang around my neck and people will point at me and laugh and say he used to be big ones.
2: I mean he cast Harrison Ford, his carpenter, so we know that's good.
0: Yeah, that was he's got quite an eye in that in that sense. Harrison Ford plays a complete cowboy sort of yokel in this. He does this amazing <laughs> bit where he, he sings and it's so out of <laughs> character. It doesn't seem like anything else I think that that character bored. would do. <laughs> it's got quite a nice voice. Yeah. Nice enough voice that Laura, who was in the other room, commented on it. And Brendan thought it was part of the film. I would quite like to see the The Harrison Ford movie, as in the character from this film, just driving from town to town, challenging whoever is the hottest racer in town. Yeah. Picking up whatever chicks might be there.
2: I I do want to know what happened to the chick, because he did have a chick, and then he loses her so he can have Laura in his car. Mm.
0: Yeah, she must have just stepped out for a burger and he raced away.
2: Well, Terry does do that. They... Did he and Deborah order something and then they just drive away and the waitress comes out and it's like, but your food
0: Yeah, and she repeats her whole order, which Owen found very funny. Just outing you as a person. No, who I, founds, I did, finds I love it. Because, because she funny. says, Hey sir, you forgot your two cheeseburgers, your fries, and your two cherry cokes with ice. <laughs> She's good at her job, yeah. so sue her for that. That's great. I just thought it was a brilliant little touch. And I tell you what, Owen, I love people who are in service level industry jobs. And they take pride in their work. Now, Brendan is here wearing a top of a, uh, of a, I'm going to say, I'm going to genericize it. A He's popular we-
2: Italian restaurant chain. He, yes. Do you take pride in just every interaction with customers? I don't interact with customers. Okay. Yeah, I just get a little ticket that says make this. And okay. the waitresses pick it up.
0: Well, I would imagine you would be excellent if you were customer facing
2: I think you'd be wrong. No. Oh.
0: <laughs> no. Why is that? Why would he be wrong?
2: Oh, well, I've got resting bitch face. And, <laughs> and from what I've been told, all the, all the customer, everyone complains about customers.
0: Yeah. You're as charming as all heck. Anyway, what I was saying is that I like people, I like waiters and waitresses and people in convenience stores and supermarket attendants that just have a bit of fun with their job. I really like train conductors that do funny messages mm. as you go. Around. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it just lifts my day. Well, you know me, Chris. I just take people as they come, and I don't know that bother me. You know, if I get bad service or yeah, whatever. You're really I'm really good, like good about fine. it. You don't mention it for the next five or six times we go to that restaurant. No, he's really nice. Really cool. nice good uh, tipper as well. Sorry, Brent. Nothing about tipper. that. i your good tipper. Shut your face. Okay. <laughs> this is not it's the on, forum for on this, on the I mean. record
2: that he's a good tipper. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say that Dinah's 24 hours. She's working the night shift. She is very good at her job and, you know, keen to make sure they get their food.
0: Is she the one that is also skating the whole time?
2: I think they're all skating, all the servers.
0: Right. Now, this is where we come to one of the problems. Once again, we do have a little bit of... Uh, There's some consent issues in here, a bit, not too much, uh, but any is is bad. And Mm. there's also some women without much self-worth. As Brendan said earlier, every woman in this only relates as a character to how they are seen and um, how they relate to men, essentially. Mm. And then there's a waitress who's just like, come over. It'll just be a bit of fun. That's who I am. Just a bit of
2: fun. Mm-hmm. To uh, Richie Cunningham, who's just broken up. Yeah. And it's public that he's broken up with his girl.
0: You know, have some self-worth. You you are a person. Mm-hmm. You have your own, um, I don't remember the word for it, agency. Yes, you have your own
2: agency. I think a few of the women did have sexual agency. Mm. I think Deborah, you know, was trying to initiate um, with um, Terry.
0: Yes. Debbie yeah, and Terry. she was definitely the alpha in that relationship. That's true. But you do have a young girl saying that if you don't do what I want, I'll tell the policeman that you raped me. Yeah. And you also have someone who says, you're the man, you have to pay. True. But it is the 50s. Patriarchy hurts both mm. genders, yes. although one more than the other, I would say. <laughs> On the whole. Also, there's not just two genders. Yes. <laughs> yeah so but what i thought was it didn't bother me as much as it did in animal house because most of the time people came to their senses or did something different so yes. there's a bit where Stephen tries to sleep with his girlfriend before they go away and she's like no but he but then he doesn't go through with it i mean it's not it's not ideal yeah. but it's not awfully that he does stop and realize that but he does it's kind of cool. stop because of her lack of involvement and by-proxy consent. She's kind of passive and just like, I'll get on with it then. And yeah. he doesn't want that. Mm. So, it, yeah, so it isn't as bad. Mm. But it's still not And they're not as ideal. accepting of it. No. Just wanted to get that out, seeing as we always talk about that sort of stuff. Mm. And I feel like, even though I like this film, was charmed by this film, it's still not ideal in many ways. But it's one of those things, though. If you're portraying the world as it is and as it was, then would you not put these aspects in a film if that's what went on? I've been thinking about this a bit, and I think in every era there were women who didn't conform to social norms, Mm -hmm. and it's always interesting to feature those women in any historical drama you do. You don't have to just go for the lowest common denominator you can mm. find those women that but I feel like this was a film where our average teenagers very sure. normal there wasn't anyone who was like against the grain in this I take your point yeah I think you're right cool
2: uh, I I'll, I'll talk about my favorite bit. It happens really early in the film. Uh, Terry's um, dented at the back of his car, so he just pulls up. It happens to be in front of a car dealership, and then this guy immediately assumes it's like midnight or one a.m. or whenever the film is set, and he immediately assumes he wants to sell the car. And he's saying, "Well, I can't get. I'd love to give you a grand. I can't give you a grand, but you, what you can do is swap you for this car." And the best thing is, this salesman is sitting in a giant seat. Yeah,
0: for no reason. Yeah, that we can see. Yeah, He just is.
2: Yeah, he doesn't have like a sign over his store that says that's his gimmick, like he's Big Chair Sam or whatever. He just... (laughs) Big Chair Sam? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I've got got savings that are as big as my chair and my chair's massive. Woo! That is the level of their chat. Yeah.
2: But it does bring me to a good point, which is every role in this film would be fun to play, even the bit parts. Yes. Like they're all good character parts. They are. They're really
0: fun. And Brendan and I were particularly excited that Father of Modern... Chicago style improv Del Close was in this film we didn't realise or see yeah. him
2: yeah guy at bar
0: guy at bar yeah Wh-
2: when were they in a bar I can't remember them being in a bar at any point they go to a diner they go to the roads yeah they, they go to the store to buy liquor they're too young
0: to be in a bar anyway he's mm. in there somewhere well done Del Close keep on being a crazy wizard <laughs> So there was a kind of very weird twist, and I don't mean a singular twist, but just in the tone of this movie towards the end, because things were very kind of charming and light-hearted and sweet and fairly pedestrian. And then I think things began with Richard Dreyfuss's character getting inveigled with the Pharaoh's gang yeah, and having to hook a cable onto the back of a police car in a kind of scenario we've seen many times in films but just at a level of effect i suppose that as in a special effect or a, a stunt should i say that i we hadn't seen up to this point i think that's a byproduct of this kind of film that is she's made on the cheap so they put all their money into a few set pieces, set pieces. um then towards the end <laughs> There's a race and Richie Cunningham's girlfriend is in the car with Harrison Ford and it goes off the road, flips over and bursts into flames. That's right. And it looks like no one could have survived. Um, they get out A-team style yes. and they're fine, but it's still <laughs> a crazy moment. It is and weird. then at the end, when Dreyfus flies off to go to college, we get that kind of where are they now scenario they're, they're two years dead. later. They're dead mostly. <laughs> yeah,
2: the two that were going to college, they got out of town. They made something themselves. Yeah. The two people that stayed, uh, yeah, they died like a few years later.
0: The moral of the story, stay in school, kids. That's true. Otherwise, do, you'll get killed in Vietnam. do not understand that, <laughs> that It was funny, though. I'm like, is all? that meant to be funny? Because I found it, fu- it was very darkly funny. Yeah. Um, so weird. But it was a very kind of throwaway... Uh, everything you've seen, yeah, they're all dead now.
2: I mean, they do at the end of Stand By Me. Yes. Do they all
0: die at the end of Stand By Me?
2: No, uh, a few people do. Again, it's the people who are going to stay in town and never leave. Right. Ended up like being shot in a, like, a robbery gone wrong or something. So yeah, maybe the moral is stay in school. Does this, does this film have a moral? Mm.
0: I, I mean, if it does, that's it really, uh, I guess. Right. Also, drive faster than everyone else. People will love you. Mm, yeah.
2: Yeah, but he wasn't driving as
0: fast. No, he wasn't. He, yeah. I mean, if Marty McFly has taught us anything, it's that you reverse. That's when the race right. Starts. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which is what? Chicken, Terry did. Yeah. <laughs> smashed into the back of the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting.
2: I wonder if George Lucas based any of these characters on himself, and if so, which is he? <laughs>
0: I would say Terry. Terry. But he wants to be Richie. Or Steve. Stephen. Yeah. There is a really good dance sequence in this. Because normally in these films, when Mm. people start dancing, everyone's really good at dancing. But in this, no one can dance. Which is just so how it should be. And they all look like they hate themselves. (laughs) Yeah. No one is having fun.
2: Well, to make it worse, remember in a movie set, they're not dancing to live music. They're dancing to a track. So they're just shuffling and squeaking around and they have to do it several times. So they probably are uncomfortable.
0: Mm. But it's so cool because that is just how well Suddenly, every school disco I ever went to. Except for me, I was cutting an awesome rug in the middle of the dance floor and everyone was sort of staring at me. And then they formed a circle around me and started slow clapping and the clapping got faster and faster and faster. And then I busted out a really good move and everyone cheered. And then that was the end. Cool. Of the disco. (laughs) I mean, this is a bit like what this film is like, in that you expect it to be about a load of sort of social misfits and nerds who can't string a sentence together, have no luck with the ladies and get beaten up. But no, they're all fairly confident to different levels and successful and cool. They're eloquent dudes. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Hey, Brendan Way, Owen Chores, let me ask you this. Why is the film called American Graffiti?
2: As I said beforehand in the pre-film, it's a metaphor for war and the invasion of American (laughs) culture. (laughs) I don't understand that. Please
0: uh, explain that to me. Well, a
2: graffiti leaves a permanent mark and is a nuisance. Mm. And America, by waging war and spreading its culture, uh, leaves a permanent mark on the world.
0: You're saying that American culture is like spray painting something over the top of something that is already aesthetically pleasing?
2: Yes, Except the film isn't about that, so I don't. I haven't thought about the title.
0: I mean, I think you've essentially cracked it there, because what it is is that the American part of it is like this film is an American slice of life. It's a slice of life film, and the graffiti part is like, yeah, let's just spray some shit over the screen,
2: <laughs> like okay. they like they did with yeah. the whipped cream on the window. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I wonder if graffiti meant something else, because graffiti, I believe, was invented as an art form during the rise of hip-hop in the 70s? Was it the 70s? I don't know if there was graffiti at that point. Maybe graffiti huh. means something different. It's interesting, because it must... I mean, it's an Italian word, and yep. the it's the plural of graffito. Right. And I think it just comes from... What does that mean? I think it... Well, in Roman society... Like, well, I don't know why I picked Roman society, but I guess the Italian connection is if you've ever watched the TV series Rome, the opening credits, there was various shots of vulgar phrases written on walls,
2: including Rome wasn't burnt in a day.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks for that one. One of the pharaohs. Yep. Yeah. Um. Okay, so graffiti may be as... So you're sort of right then. It's about... I mean, at no point do they say the word graffiti. They do not. So we don't have context. does anyone do any graffiti as we know it at any point? But perhaps it's got something to do with... American te- teenagers. Mm. What I find really interesting is there wasn't even the concept of a teenager until Americans invented it in the fifties. You were a kid wow. until you came of age and you became an adult. That liminal mm. space between the two, which we now call a teenager, was only really invented in the fifties, right? Yeah, I think it was linked to Colin McInnes and Absolute Beginners, right? Oh, which cool. is actually British, but yeah, yeah, about mods and rockers. Great. Mm, not, no, not. Not Is it not? No. It's it's sort of linked... It's pre-that, really. It's right.
2: For... Teddy Boys?
0: Um, n- y- They feature in it, I think, if I remember right. Nobby Gordons? What are they? I just made them up. <laughs> 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 it sounded so real. <laughs> Another British subculture. <laughs> yeah. Nobby Gordons. Yeah. No. No. Okay. Well, there we are. That's an interesting new fact for you. Imagine that. Not ha- Not having teenage years. You were just a child and then you're an adult and there was no fun time in between those two.
1: Hmm.
2: hmm. I mean they have a lot of fun in the movie. I they mean they, do. they even managed to get booze from in a bizarre sequence he asks an adult to buy him booze, uh, Terry does. Terry does. And the guy says, Oh what, you lost your idea, yeah I'll get booze. He gets booze, comes goes in the store, minutes later seconds later comes out, throws the guy Terry a bottle in a bag and then is shot at by the store owner. So he he took the booze and that's all he... Was he a robber? He's a robber who went into
0: the store, got booze, and that's all he wanted. He was like, I'm going to rob the cash register, but I'm also going to help this kid because I was young once and even robbers have still got a heart, you know? I think it's nice. I think it's equal opportunities for all walks of life. And he's doubly sticking it to the man. Yeah. He's robbing the store and being like, yeah, you're underage, but... Who cares about rules, kid? He probably didn't pay yeah. for no. that. I, I, Although it is in yeah. a brown paper bag. so Maybe he did. That's maybe that was his ruse to get up to the counter and be nice. natural before he pulled the gun. Or whatever. Uh, that guy, though, shooting straight away. I mean, it was <laughs> a violent robbery. <laughs> it was yeah. a different time. Mm, sure. Uh, in some ways, a simpler time. In some ways, a crueler one. Mm. What was your favourite car? Oh, um,
2: not, not, not John's. Cause not it, John Milner's? No, because it looks like Brum and it's got like a see-through engine cover. <laughs> it looks cover. like a Brum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it totally does look like Brum. I liked that one. That was my favourite. <laughs> I liked, uh, Richie's girlfriend's car. I thought that was pretty sweet. Oh yeah, kind you of... liked the colour, didn't you? You yeah, commented on it. Was it was kind of a sea green Bel Air.
2: Oh, yeah, I like that one as well. Was yeah. it Lauren? Laura Laurie.
0: Laurie. Brendan also wins an award for having made the most notes of any guest or any host ever. I mean, I've just given up at this point. No. Have you? <laughs> yeah, well, everything. Life. Oh, you know. <laughs> well, that's an overreaction to Brendan. <laughs> Do oh. I that's just mean, on. you know, I don't take notes. I don't worry about anything anymore. I enjoy a few notes, but I yeah. prefer someone else to have made them so that I can just riff on whatever they've said. I noticed that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that why you gave up? <laughs> I'm not doing all the work. <laughs> okay, I'll start again. No, just because I don't need it. I don't need it anymore. No, you know, we're at that level now. It's true, we yeah. are. We're at a very high, we're operating at an incredibly high podcast level. And I don't care. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, it's a slight movie. Uh, I feel like probably, unless anyone has anything else, we are probably manoeuvring towards the point where we wrap up. Yeah, sure. Great stuff. Uh, Who would like to go first? I nominate Brendan. Okay, Brendan. (laughs) Brendan, as the guest, habitually you would go first in summing up what you felt, and then you have a rating to deliver, Mm -hmm. either classic or schmassic. It's quite a binary rating in that sense. But we feel it has. Uh, there's a lot of kind of grey areas in the way you say it. Classic, schmasic. They're very different. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, good. It's almost like Chinese intonation is very important. Mm. You can't sing them because that wrecks everything. Although it might mean something when you sing it. I don't know. I'm very interested to see what you think.
2: I really liked it.
0: Mm-hmm. I would definitely watch it again.
2: All the characters are fun. There's a lot of quotable lines, a lot of which I've taken notes of and not read out. Um, but yeah, it's it's a funny movie. As I said, it doesn't feel like it's two hours. And it, there's four storylines. And you can go ages without seeing what's happening to Richie Cunningham slash Ron Howard. And then it cuts Ronnie back. Howard. And- Ronnie Howard. Ronnie <laughs> Howard, as he's credited. Yeah. Um. It, you, you, you cut back and you go, oh, yeah. I like his storyline. I want to see what he's up to. You like all four characters, even though they get away with blue murder and have improbable happy endings, except for the people the captions, who die. The, yeah, in sixty four and sixty five. So I, I really like this. I definitely think this is a classic.
0: Nice, Brendan. Uh, I'll go next. Okay. Um, throughout the entire length of this, I was like, "This is a slight film that I enjoy." There's nothing. Um, well maybe not for the whole length but I was sort of going yeah this is good this is this is fine I'm enjoying myself it's very funny um, the, I I like and enjoy the company of all the characters the period detail is gorgeous the way that they film all the car sequences because none of this is rear projection it's all proper driving which I think is great because that would have been really sucked if everyone was just in front of a projection screen the whole time um, so, technically, it's really cool uh, and I really enjoyed it. But I was like, is it good enough for me to call it a classic? Because when we say a classic, it's something that echoes down the ages, that is still worthwhile today to watch. And I was in two minds about it. But the cumulative effect of this film is it's about that really interesting time when you are a teenager, when you are. Not quite an adult, but certainly not a child anymore. And it's a really special time. And one that is so hard to evoke properly. Being in that liminal space between immaturity and maturity. Um, And it's this incredible time of possibility. You can be anything. Everything means so much. There's so many firsts. First kiss. First time you fall in love. That kind of thing is in there. And this film gets that really well and it made me remember what it was like to be that age just the conundrums that I faced how I felt like the idea that girls were a completely separate species almost I just couldn't understand but if someone smiled if someone smiled at me or talked to me it was this massive deal and it made me it transported me back to who I was then when I could be anything when the future sort of rolled out before me and had all of these brilliant possibilities and it made me feel like that again and I think that's powerful and great filmmaking and I will agree with Brendan and give it a rating of classic. Cool. Well, we are coming to the end of our Summer Summer of 70s run and I feel like it's been a really great run because... Although my ratings have been uniformly schmassic, I've seen some great films. You know I'm very, very picky. You are. And there's a difference between what I call a classic and a film that I... Just liked. Just liked. Well, not even that. Really enjoyed. It has to be almost perfect for me to get this classic rating. And I disagree with brendan in that i did not feel that this these two hours floated by i was really in the last half an hour thinking is this not over yet it's kind of really dragging now just wrap this up because we all know what's going to happen pretty much i felt like you didn't really take anything from the movie it was a great look at I feel like 50s life, really, <laughs> um, even though it was apparently 60s. And it was fun and funny, but not stellar. I didn't think there was a lot of character development. There was just realisations, I suppose, that some of the characters came to. I would say it's worth a watch, but for me, it is a schmasic. Cool. Well, that means that between the three of us, although slightly weighted towards classic... We have uh, pronounced that American Graffiti gains a... Classic classic rating. Uh, and that, I think, is... Yeah, I'm happy with that. I, I, I mean, I was rooting for a classic, but sure. I'm happy. I'm not up in arms. I mean, I very much... I didn't say a lot because I very much agree with your initial... Hmm. Uh, what was, Sorry, your initial misgivings that you... You voiced. Yeah. You just, you weren't um, won over. No, I mean, it is great, well-written, and as I've said, you know, funny and everything, and it is a nice little piece, but it's for me, it's just, that's just a nice little film. Have I said the phrase frothy confection? Yes. Not this episode. Frothy confection. I understand. Mm. It's as frothy as the milkshakes served at Mel's diner. Well, there we go. Yeah. That's it, Brendan. Yes, thank you so much for co-hosting. I'd say
2: guesting. I I haven't really co-hosted. Yeah, you co-hosting.
0: Okay, well, whatever. If you'd prefer to be guest, that's okay. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. If people want to hear more of your stuff, which they definitely will, where do they go?
2: uh sure the podcast i mentioned at the top of the show is dead drunk detective it's on twitter and facebook at dead drunk pod and you can find my personal twitter feed at brenway b-r-e-n-w-a-y and my improv group is the parentheticals and we've got a website the they
0: are excellent they had some excellent teaching early on i feel that must have it kind of grounded them well it gave them a good foundation to build on <laughs> <laughs> reminder the teacher was him i can't i can't remember who the teacher was um owen i feel like this is drawing to an end it is and um i want to say that it's been a great season across the summer i mean you you put your finger on it when you were doing your summing up it hasn't actually yielded that many cast iron classics no in, in ratings terms mm but as a run of films it's some of the most consistently entertaining we've ever had yeah it's interesting that isn't it it is but i think it's been interesting in that i think you've given more schmasics over this decade than any previous run yeah, of the show that's true and mostly it's been a consistent schmasic for me yeah that's true yeah well, it's uh, but we've had a. we were just we were just thinking earlier today, we were like, Yeah, we had a really good run on these ones. Mm. We'll do it again at some point. Maybe eighties films. No, we'll never do that. In ten years maybe. Maybe.
2: I think you've probably
0: seen most of the eighties
2: films that are classics. That is the
0: problem. We have, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's when we really got into cinema. Oh well. So that's the end of our Summer. Summer. 70's. Season. I hope you've enjoyed it and do get in touch with us at the usual addresses well, that's it then that's a slightly melancholy note yeah. I'm thinking, I mean should I should I even upload this podcast, should I not just keep it I mean, when you've got a podcast and you're used to it and you're happy with it do you need to send it out there into the world and share it with everyone else maybe it's just better to remain If a
2: podcast exists and it's not been uploaded Does it technically exist?
0: That's one for the philosophers But until then Kiss a duck, Marblehead
1: (laughs) (laughs) This has got to be the saddest day of my life I called you here today For a bit of bad news I won't be able to see you anymore of my obligations and the ties that you have. We've been meeting here every day. And since this is our last day together, I want to hold you just one more time. When you turn and walk away, don't look back. I want to remember you just like this. Let's just kiss and say goodbye. You've been listening to Classic Schmessing with Chris and Owen. (laughs) Network.